Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into a passage from the Old Testament book of Numbers. Eric is walking us through the comma method today. So Eric, let us know what we're talking about. We are in Numbers chapter 20 today. And so let's just go right to reading it, and then we'll come back and do the C in comma, which is context. All right. Numbers 20. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there's no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community, so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I gave them. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. Wow. So this moment in Numbers chapter 20 is the reason that Moses does not get to lead the people of God into the promised land. Generally speaking, if you ask people, well, who, who led the people of God out of Egypt and into the promised land? The answer is Moses, but that obviously is technically incorrect. Moses led them out of Egypt and towards the promised land, but Moses himself never gets to go in. He passes off the baton of leadership to Joshua, and Joshua is the one that leads them into the promised land. And the reason that Moses doesn't get to go in is because of this moment. It's brutal. So, of course, you start asking the question, well, what was so bad about banging his staff against that rock that God would judge him in this way? So before we jump into that and observations from Numbers chapter 20, uh, let's just uh, share a little bit of context, which is the C and the comma method, and just remind ourselves that the people of God have been set free from slavery in Egypt. They spent a lot of time around Mount Sinai where they received the Ten Commandments. Uh, they are on the move in numbers towards the promised land. Moses is leading them. And they are prone to a few things. They are prone to complaining. They are prone to grumbling. They are prone to a lack of trust in God, even though they have seen with their own eyes and experienced in their own lives God's provision, his miraculous guiding and leading. They have seen God do a lot of things on their behalf. And yet, they still are grumbling and complaining and not trusting uh, and this is another moment uh, in time where that is happening. Um, so, Numbers chapter 20, 
What do you see in this text? Observations. Well, it's, it's amazing to me how much you see Moses' frustration come out here. Like, 40 years wandering the wilderness with these people, and they're still doing their complaining and all that stuff. You would, uh, you would almost think he would have gotten there earlier. Like it's, oh, it's, it's almost remarkable. It took him this long to, you know, like the, I, reading through numbers. The, this is a, a a terrible assignment of leadership to say this is the group of people that you're going to be with, and then to find out I'm going to spend another forty years with them, um, and and put up with this the whole time. I mean, it, like in some ways, obviously he gets judged for this, so I'm not going to make it lighter, but. Uh, there is something on the human side that I understand of like, man, if, if you were doing this all the time with these people, you, you might have snapped. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's, and even if he was frustrated along the way, it's almost as if it, it bubbles up and it, yeah. you know, it's, it's not good. If you compare it to some of his responses previously, his, his previous responses tended to be more of seeking God's grace, right? Uh, pleading with God on behalf of the people to not judge them. Um, but it does seem like a, uh, a snapping moment in, in uh, Moses' leadership. Yeah. What else do we see? Well, I, I see here um, there, there is an emphasis on we must do this. So like when he was, you know, telling them off, he's like, must we bring this water out of this rock? You know, why, you know and I think, where did I see it? You know, there's just a sense of like, why do I have to do this? You know, there's a, there's a, this is my responsibility. I'm going to do this for you, you ungrateful people. And there, there, it's subtle, but it feels like there's a little bit of, uh, maybe it's resentment, self pity, uh, a certain sense of I can pull this off, and you don't, you don't appreciate me. Those kind of feelings ooze through uh, in in some of this. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, I, it's kind of like here, here. You want water? Like I'll give you water. You know what I mean? And just <laughs> just start hitting the rock. You know, like. I wish this was a video podcast so everyone could have seen Nikki's face when she said that. You want water? I'll give you water. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you guys are seeing in this text? Um, I you know I look at the I look at the uh, complaint at the top. Like we we've talked a little bit about them doing this regularly. I, I, whenever I read the actual words they said. You know, like I, I, I can see them saying, hey, we're in the desert. This is an uncomfortable thing. You know, you, you get warm, you get hungry, you complain. But the actual things they say are so much beyond the, this is, this is just a, not a fun situation, to I wish we had died. Why did we ever leave Egypt? You know, like wh- where are you leading us? As if, they, as if they didn't know, you know, as if they didn't remember that slavery was terrible, as if they weren't begging for rescue when they were there. Um, there, there is a... A, a story has set up in their minds that is different than the one that they have actually experienced, where they're saying, this God who we you know, are following, this guy over here, they don't know what they're doing, they don't care about us, and this is going to be our doom, when the evidence really should point the other direction. You know, It's not them saying, hey, God, this is hard, which is an appropriate thing to do. It's them saying, God, you're not trustworthy. And so the, 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 the sin there is, is uh, more profound. Another thing I observed is, remember when we were talking a few episodes ago about the, the, the presence of God hovering in a cloud, and they were all paying attention when the cloud moves, we move. And so it had this sense of, 
Whenever God moves, we move. Whenever God stays, we stays. We stays. We stay. (laughs) Uh, Whenever God speaks, we listen. All of the focus of the camp was on God. In this case, God tells Moses some very specific things to do, and Moses does not do them. He does something different. And that, to me, stands in uh, juxtaposition to some of the other things we see uh, in the Old Testament about well, whenever God's, whenever God said something very specific, they did that very specific thing. Yeah, it's, it's, we're not, I mean, God tells him to speak to the rock and we're not told exactly what he's supposed to say, but you would think like, I don't know, maybe it's like a prayer or something. Like you're asking God to bring water out of the rock instead of Moses saying like, I'm going to do this for you. We, Aaron and I are going to make this, this water come out of the rock so that it, you know, God again is proved to be faithful and, and it's not coming from Moses, but instead it's, it seems as if in this case, Moses is like, I'm so tired of you people. Let me just give you what you want. And I'm not going to waste my time speaking to something. I'm just going to hit it. It it reminded me of the story in the garden of Eden. So there's a subtle thing when, when, uh, Adam and Eve received the command, like, don't, don't eat from this tree, that when Eve, is, you know, the serpent comes to Eve and says, well, did God really say this? There's like a subtle shift, even when she says, you know, well, God said this, but you also can't touch it. You know, it's, it's almost like she kind of like, it's, cl- it's very close to the right thing, but she's, it's almost like she, you know, misrepresented it just a little bit. And in this case, it feels a little bit like that. Like God said, hey, take your staff, go to the rock, talk to it. And there was a previous time where Moses was supposed to hit a rock, like that was instructions before. But in this case, it's almost like he just kind of, it was real close, <laughs> he, but he fudged it. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like just a little bit off of what, what was said, kind of repeating a previous thing, and, but, but it's almost like he didn't really pay attention to God's words enough, or, or he didn't follow through on them, or he thought he had a better idea, and so he just modified it a little bit. So if you guys were going to go to a rock... And say something to it so that water would come forth. What would you say to the rock, Nikki? Water, come out. <laughs> would you say, would you say it just like water, that? Water, come out. Come out of there, water. <laughs> what? I have no idea. Why would you ask me that question? Because it's, it's a funny question. Yeah, exactly. Clay, Clayton, what would you say to a rock oh. to have water come out? <laughs> <laughs> you, when you're on the spot, you're like, "What would? What would you know. say?" You can't beat mine. No, now. I can't. Uh, well, it, it's got to be loud, right? Try to say right? it like me. No, or, no. or there is nothing you could possibly say right now that would be worse than what you just did. <laughs> it just depends on which way you want to think about it. Gush forth! <laughs> wow, he took that to the complete other extreme. Well, see, you yelled at uh, it, and I was yeah. being nice. Oh, thank you for playing my game, Ferris. So, you, wait, wait, no, wait a minute. Yeah, Hang no, on. What would you say? What would you it's say? my game. No, wait, it's, it's not my how it game. Works. Uh, what would I say to a rock for water to come out? Um, I don't know. Uh, let's go with. You're not allowed to knock on the rock, right? You just have to speak to you the just, rock. You got to say it. Because I was going to knock on the rock and say, "Is there any water in there?" Now it just. I'm trying to come up with a rhyme. I'll think of something before the end of the podcast, maybe, just maybe. Uh, all right, so here's the uh, here's the the big question because that question was a silly question. What was so bad, do you think, about Moses hitting that rock that God would forbid him from leading the people into the promised land? 
it is really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. So let, let me give you the verse that I think at least points in a direction. I don't think, feel like it answers it very clearly, but it, but it, it at least is when God says, here's the reason why. Verse 12 says, because you did not trust me, you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. So I, I see a couple of things there. One has to do with trust. So something about the hitting the rock showed that he didn't trust God. And then there's honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. It's something publicly giving honor to God that he failed to do. So there's something in his heart that didn't trust, and there's something in his actions that didn't give honor to God. I, connecting the dots to the actual hitting versus speaking, that's a, a, that's a challenging thing to do. Yeah, and even when you read commentaries or if you look in the study notes of study Bibles, whichever one you're using, there will be some uh, suggestions, some conjectures, but it, it is really hard to pinpoint. Nikki, if you had to guess. Well, I, I was thinking it's that whole idea of uh, the first time he did it, he hit the rock and it brought forth results, okay? It was, he was actively doing something, and... Even though you're actively, like, speaking would seem like something you're actively doing, it's almost like, wait, you mean like, okay, well, I hit the rock and water came out of it last time. Now you just want me to talk to it? And you, you, the water's supposed to come out of it when I talk to it? It's almost like this disbelief. Like, if I speak to it, will it actually work? And if it doesn't work, will I look weird in front of all the Israelites? Like, so it's, it's kind of like in this, in, in my, my mind, I'm thinking... There was a lack of trust in the sense of disbelief. I, I don't know if that's going to work. I think I might resort, resort back to what, what I know worked last time. Hmm. Very interesting. So here's my, here's my best shot at it. Uh, the Lord does say to Moses, because you did not trust me and honor me in front of the people. Moses is obviously mad. And one of the things he does is he rebukes the people right? And yells at them, essentially. I don't think that was in God's instructions to him, right? God's instructions to him was to provide water for these people out of this rock and and to go speak to the rock. Moses judges the people, rebukes the people, yells at the people. And then as I imagine this playing out in my my mind, I, I, I often think that whatever the, the writers of the Bible put in there, it's in there for a reason, right? And so why did they say he struck the rock twice? I, I imagine it's because he's hitting this thing in anger. I, th- I think it's, it's not just like, I'm going to tap this rock and God's going to have water come out. I think, he's, I think he's rebuking, judging the people, and he's mad. And the, the best I've got on this is, I think what was so bad about that is that at this point, he's not trusting God to judge his people. Moses is fed up and he wants he wants them he's recognized them as rebels and complainers and he's done. And he wants God to be done with them too, I think. I th- I think that Moses wants God to judge these people. Yeah, there there've been times in the past where God has said, you know, and it, this is a mysterious thing. I'm done with these people. Moses will start over with you. And Moses has done the opposite and said, "Well, God, hey, these, these are the public commitments you've made to these people. Here's your promises. Don't abandon them. Even though they deserve it, don't abandon them. In this case, it's like it, it, you're suggesting it's flipped, that Moses is saying, we're done, and God's saying, no, we're, we're, we're st- sticking with it. Yeah, and so I think that's where 
when God says, you didn't trust me. Like, are you going to trust me to know when to judge and when to show grace and, and, or not? Um, and you didn't honor me as holy. Like, Moses, who are you to be the one to step in? And, and it's almost like Moses is judging God's job performance at this point. And God, I'll just go ahead and do it for you because you're not doing it and I'm fed up. And, and the way I read this is almost like Moses saying, I'm done leading these people. And God, I think you should be too. And I think what God says is, I'm not done leading them, um, but if you want to be done leading with them, all right, rock on with your bad self. You're not going to lead them in. I, I, that, that's the best I've got here. And I know that there's, like, when you read commentaries and notes, there's like two or three like legit explanations for this, um, which I think between our three answers, we've kind of covered. Covered them, yeah. Um, the reality is, without knowing the details specifically, because we're not God, mm-hmm. The reality is God told Moses to do something and he didn't do it. Yeah. And it's God's place to judge. Um, and I think, there is a, I think there's a lesson in that. Just to take a step back in terms of Bible reading, there are times when you come across stories like this where they're, they're, you are not given enough details to just definitively put your finger on, here's the explanation. And there's a certain personality of people who really find that frustrating. And, and so usually, this is, this is usually what I recommend. I recommend there are usually very clear things that even if they don't give you the whole answer, they give you the big E on the I chart, right? He was commanded to do this. He did something different. Okay. Like doing something different than God commands, even if you don't know all the whys, you know, that's wrong. Okay. Um, But then the Bible is given to you to ponder some of these things that some of the effect of the Bible is when you're having these conversations or you're, you're, you're mulling over it, praying through it, you think of all the, the possibilities and you usually end up in some some pretty wise places, you know? What does it have to do with, how, how does trust play into this? How does anger play into this? How does, um, you know, honoring God in public, like all of these things, we, we've just spent a, num- a bit of time pondering really important things that even if we don't get the definitive answer, uh, it, it's as if God intended us to have conversations like this around his word. And, it, and it's good for us to do that. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes when you are parenting a kid or for lots of years when I was a youth pastor and you would say to a kid or a teenager, don't do that, or I would caution you against doing that, a lot of times the response is, well, what's the big deal? And what I used to always tell teenagers specifically is, if you're asking the question, what's the big deal? Most likely you are walking down a dangerous or destructive path and you kind of know it and you're, you're going through this uh, self-justification mental game. If you're asking what's the big deal, the reality is you kind of know it's a big deal. Even if you don't fully know every detail of why it's a big deal, you still know. And I think this is one of those moments in numbers where you can say, what's the big deal? Why was God so bent out of shape? I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but why did God judge Moses so harshly for hitting the rock? What's the big deal? Well, I think we all know it's it's a big deal, obviously. Um, so let's let's do this. Let's um, let's go to meditation first before we go to message today. Uh, Forty-five seconds is what we give in the podcast. Meditation is just prayerful thinking, inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to us to help us to. Uh, see with our spiritual eyes that which God wants us to see as we're reading the Bible. Um, And so meditation on just this fact, okay? And this this will feel a little bit wide open today, but meditate on this. Moses, Moses, 
did not get to go into the promised land. Think about that for 45 seconds. All right, so we're to the second M in the comma method, which is today, message. So what kind of message would we draw from this text? Uh, mine was to trust in God. Uh, he, he has the best, my best interest in mind. Uh, th that is clear to me here. Part of me just, uh, the a message I thought of when I first read this was, just do what he tells you to do. <laughs> um, but the more we've been talking about it, the more I've been thinking, uh, trust God with your anger. That there's a, uh, you know, if if God's going to, uh, you know, take care of a situation that's unjust or unfair, um, that's in his hands to do it. It's not, it's not our job to do that. So trust God with your anger. So Nikki said, trust God. Yep. You said, trust God with your anger. And mine is trust God with judgment, which is kind of a compilation of, of all of it at the table. God is the only one, the only one that is a perfect judge, sees every detail, knows everything that's going on, knows everybody's hearts, knows everybody's minds, and always, always, always does what is right, whether it is judgment or grace, mercy or punishment. And we certainly do not want to take on the responsibility of being that judge. There's no way. Um, so it is trust God. Trust God with your anger. Trust God with ultimate judgment. Which takes us to application then, which is the A in the comma method. We want to take the Bible from uh, that book that we are reading to our actual everyday lives. So application, how do we apply this to our lives today? Uh, mine was just to, in the trusting God is, is to trust him even when I think my way is best. It's it's this ability to, to trust and live in the fact that when it doesn't make sense to me in that moment or when it's hard, um, his way is always going to be better than mine. Yeah, I think application-wise, look, if I'm, I'm being real, uh, we're all leaders in a church, and this has been an, uh, a frustrating, angry year, you know what I mean, the last you know 18 months or whatever it's been. And, uh, and I think there are situations where I have felt uh, angry that, I've had to deal with those things, you know, where there, where there are things that I say, as a leader, I don't want to do this, and I wish I didn't have to, you know, handle this problem or, or respond to this person or that sort of thing. And I think th those are things that I got to say, God, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the judge. I'm not the, you know, person to take care of this. You, you've entrusted me in this moment, and I'm going to give you my anger so that I can do the thing you asked me to do uh, rather than complain about it. Mm, can I just steal that one? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, I think the application for me is to to let go of thinking that I have to be able to figure out perfectly when to apply grace and when to apply judgment because judgment isn't really mine ever anyway. 
um, which is difficult because when you're in when you're in church leadership, sometimes you do have to have hard conversations. Sometimes you do have to tell somebody they're oh, ready wrong, um, which people don't like to hear nowadays, right? Um, but to to just remember that really. God is the perfect judge, and you almost never go wrong if you extend grace. Almost never. I mean, sometimes I guess you could call that enabling. I mean, in certain extreme situations, right, if, if someone really needs to be called on the carpet to help them in love and you don't, you just keep enabling, that's a bad thing. But uh, when I have ever gone wrong in my life, it has been on the angry, judgmental side, not on the grace-loving, forgiving side, right? So it is to choose, choose that latter category, grace, uh, love. Um, over over judgment. All right. Well, that's all we have for you, friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. And in the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcasts at BibleSavvy.com. And if you're a Twitter fan, you can find us there as well to get additional Bible-savvy insights. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.